Welcome to the Posture Strength and Mobility Podcast. I'm Isaac Osborne, and I'm here to share with you tips, tricks, hacks, interesting musings, and much more in short, digestible episodes. To learn more about how you can improve your posture, strength, and mobility, check out the show notes for links. Onward with the show. Welcome to episode three. Is your core killing your neck and back, or neck or back, or one of those? So in this episode, we are going to talk about how your your core might be causing or contributing to your neck and back pain, causing breathing issues, and compressing your spine. I'm going to give you tips on how to release the core. Also, we have a free live class with more exercises and self-care on October 26th, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Check the show notes for a link to sign up for this free hour-long class where I'm going to go more in-depth onto what's going on with the core, how you can help it, and exercises that you can do, and self-care that you can do to fix this issue. All right, let's talk about the core. Let's dive right in. And this is something that has been nails on a chalkboard with me for a long time especially working with people with chronic neck pain and back pain. And everyone loves to talk about the core, how beneficial the core is. And there is this blind view of the core that I really want to get out there and define and change perspective on it because I've seen so many people shift and change their bodies and help so many people get out of neck and back pain by getting them to realize the core is something that most people only have a one-sided or a half side or half of the information about the core and what the core does and the control of, of the core. So to be able to control your core in movements that benefit you in your daily movement, in your exercise, in your yoga practice, in your Pilates, whatever it is that you're doing, so that you know how to best take care of your spine. So the most common definition out there, when I say, brace your core, what are you going to do? And most people are going to grab and tighten up their abs and pull their rib cage down towards their pelvis. Think about this for a second. If you're tightening up your abs, you're tightening up your obliques, and your stomach's getting very, very hard, what happens is, for those of you that can't see, um, what I'm going to do is I have my skeleton here. I'm putting my hands on my skeleton, and I'm pushing the rib cage towards itself. So if you really tighten your core and you push your rib cage towards towards your midline of your body, your rib cage shrinks. Right, so it's like an exhale. If you exhale, what happens? If you put your hands on the rib cage, your rib cage starts moving down towards the ground. And what this does, it narrows this area where the cartilage is in the rib cage, right in the front. If you know where the solar plexus is or that soft spot, just if you if you run your finger down the midline of your chest and then it starts getting soft right there at the stomach, there's a little bone right there. It's called the xiphoid process. Just below that is what's called the solar plexus. That's where your respiratory diaphragm lives. Now, if you tighten that area up, what ends up happening is the ribs get closer together. The rib cage closes. Or another way to put it is the rib cage goes into a flexion. 
meaning the space between the ribs gets smaller. And when the rib cage goes into that flexion movement, you have a narrowing of space around the respiratory diaphragm and a narrowing of space between this area, what's called the costal arch or the cartilage right there on the front of the ribs. You also have all those other ribs shifting their position. And since the ribs are connected to the thoracic spine, it's going to shift and change and influence the thoracic spine. Now, that's the most common thing that's happening when people tighten their core. They tighten the core and they get really stiff and really, really tight in, in that area. So what happens if you have a tight core, if you continually go towards this movement, you're essentially programming your body to be in this position more often than not. So this is what happens with muscle memory, muscle coordination, right? If the more you go towards a certain movement or a pattern, the more that body creates a default towards that pattern and then it becomes subconscious and that becomes ingrained in your daily movement habits and patterns. So let's say this has happened to you. So you have a tight core and then someone says, tighten up your core even more and your core gets even tighter and you have this really stiff core while you're doing exercise, while you're doing yoga, while you're doing whatever it is that you're doing, surfing, rock climbing, I mean, whatever it is. So when that happens, I call this core flexion. This movement is what I'm calling core flexion. And it's really important that we, that we, we coin this term core flexion because there has to be an opposite and opposing movement to core flexion, right? So when you go into a core flexion movement, again, those ribs are going towards each other. The rib spaces are getting smaller. The ribs are actually going more towards the ground than they are towards the sky. And what that means is that they're traveling in the same direction as gravity. Let me ask you this. Why do we need to help gravity? There's in certain situations where core flexion is an important movement, but most of the time, core flexion is not an important movement. It actually is causing more damage than it is helping. So now we have to coin another term, and I coined this term core extension. And core extension is completely the opposite of core flexion. And core extension is an anti-gravity movement because of what it does with the ribs. Now, most people think that when they extend the spine, I'm going to turn the skeleton sideways, we, what we're going to need to define here is what happens in core extension as opposed to what most people think that they're doing with their spine when they go into extension. Most people, when they go into an extension of the spine, they hinge right here at the mid-back. Mid so it's essentially completely on the opposite side of the spine. For those of you who are listening, you have your solar plexus, you put your hand in the solar plexus, and then you, you go horizontally and go all the way around your back. And that spot in the spine is just at the bottom of your ribs. And that is where most people try to extend their spine. And what they end up doing is they end up hyperextending their spine, but they still grab in, in their ribs into a core flexion movement, meaning the ribs are going down towards the ground. So if I demonstrate that movement, if you're watching me on video, 
is I really push my rib cage out to try to get this extension. And then I tighten up my rib cage and my rib cage actually goes down towards the ground. Why is that bad? Well, that area here is called the thoracolumbar junction uh, in structural integration. It's called the LDH, which is called the lumbodorsal hinge. It doesn't really matter what you call it. It is right around T12, L1, L2 of the lumbar spine. And that area, if you're hyperextending that spine, what's important to note is that area of the spine, these little joints here on the vertebra, actually the spine goes from really wide and goes narrow and gets pretty narrow at, at this junction. And the joints kind of shift their position from a flat to a, a side joint here where it, it moves around and these vertebra can get stuck in this position. So a lot of people end up getting stuck in this position of this hyperextension while they're tightening the core. And why that's bad is because then it compresses this area of, of the spine. And when you're in that hyperextension position, you tighten your core, you actually lose a lot of control in your pelvis. And not only do you lose control, but then it actually compresses the lumbar spine. Because the second thing, or another thing that the, the, the core flexion movement does of bringing the ribs towards the, the ground is it, it takes the ribs and it goes towards the top of the pelvis. And, and what this means is, is when your ribs travel closer to the top of your pelvis, that means the space between the ribs and the pelvis gets more narrow, it gets smaller. And if that space gets more small, then we know that it's either going to hyperextend your spine even more, or you could go into hyperextension in this area in the mid-spine, and then go into somewhat of a flexion of compression in the lower spine, L5, and then into the sacrum. This causes a lot of compression into that part of the spine and on the discs, which contributes to back pain. So your rib cage and the way that your rib cage is functioning, either hyperextension or hyperflexion of the spine, you're going to compress that lumbar spine. Now, we're gonna jump over to the neck and what happens with the neck is that, so since the spine is an entire unit, the rib cage influences what goes on in the neck. The neck stacks up on top of the thoracic spine. The ribs and the thoracic spine are one. You cannot change really the rib cage or the thoracic spine without changing the rib cage and vice versa. The two have to work together. So your breathing is incredibly involved with your spine. This is a rule of thumb that I have is that anytime there's a spinal issue, there's a breathing issue. And you can't have a straight spine if you don't breathe correctly because what happens is if those ribs aren't moving properly through your respiration, then they're going to shift and change and your body has to compensate around that shift and change. So let's go back to that core flexion for a second. You're going in the core flexion. When you breathe, right, when, the, when you get a proper respiratory diaphragm movement, I'm putting my hands on my side right now and I'm inhaling. Yes, this is a belly breath, but I'm not only getting expansion on the front of my belly, I'm getting expansion into the side of the ribs, and I'm getting expansion in my back. 
Meaning my, as I inhale on a correct belly breath, my respiratory diaphragm contracts, so my ribs go wide, which is different than most people talk about on a belly breath. They say, oh, just move your belly out. Well, you can move your belly out on, on an on a inhale in a belly breath, and your chest can actually compress. If your chest is compressing on an inhale with a respiratory diaphragm inhale, then you'll, you know that you actually have an issue with your rib cage. So this causes a breathing issue and causes compression into the rib cage. Then we go up into the neck because the neck stacks up on top of the rib cage. And it's extremely hard to change the neck if your rib cage is not able to have its proper range of motion through breathing and through extension. So if this area on the front where your sternum is, if it drops down or compresses any way, it's going to influence the position of your head and forward head posture and compressing the back of the neck and so forth. So you can see or hear while you're listening to the podcast, the way that your rib cage is coordinating with your pelvis is incredibly important to your balance of your body, your posture, and towards how you set up movement patterns. Now, we go back to the, the, the coin that I've termed core extension, which is opposite of this core flexion movement, which most people are doing. And when they cue the core, they say, tighten the core, right? And, and the ribs go narrow and the ribs go down towards the pelvis, compresses the spine, blah, blah, blah. So core extension is the opposite movement. And I'm not meaning hyperextending the spine. You're getting that, you're getting that, you're getting that function of those ribs going up towards your head. Now you can actually do core extension and have proper diaphragmatic breathing in core extension while you hold core extension. You can get diaphragmatic breathing while you're in, you're in core flexion, but it's nowhere near the fluidity and what you need for that respiratory diaphragm function. Here's another rule of thumb that I typically use is there's essentially no such thing as a bad movement except for a movement that your body is trapped in. So if your, move, if your body is trapped in this hyperextension, and this is why looking at posture is so important, is we get to see where the body is trapped in these movement patterns because it's all about balance. You want your body to have all these different ranges of motion to be able to have freedom in your joints, have less compression and shearing in your joints. And so you have this freedom of movement in your body and that's balance. So that's why we're defining core flexion and core extension. And if you're living too much in core extension, that's bad too. So core flexion is what most people live in because gravity is already going in that direction. Sitting increases core flexion. You go and exercise, your trainer, whoever it is that you're working with says, oh, you need more core. And you, you bear down harder on that rib cage. Then you drive home and then you sit in front of your TV. And so the whole day is essentially trapped in core flexion. And if you're somebody that's not even getting exercise and you're not even breathing properly, how are you getting that movement through the rib cage? These are the sort of things that I've dealt with on a daily basis for the last 20 plus years. And the more I focus on proper rib cage function and pelvic function, everything seems to clear up. People start moving better, people start breathing better, there's less compression in the spine, 
and neck positions change and so forth. So this is why this is so incredibly important to be able to find these two movements in our bodies, to be able to execute these two movements in our body, to breathe properly. Because if you, can, if you can't breathe properly, guess what's happening? You're going into more of a fight or flight because your breath is limited. You're not getting the proper amounts of carbon dioxide and oxygen distribu distribution in your body. You're putting compression on, on joints. So much of this. So like I said before, there is a free class. Go ahead and check out the show note links to sign up for the free class where I go in much more in depth on this issue. It's a major issue and I can't tell you how many clients come into my office that have this issue that I work with on a daily basis. All right, let's jump right into the antidote for having too much core flexion in your body. And so one of the first things that you have to do is you have to learn how to breathe correctly. But before we get there, I'm gonna give you a, a self-myofascial release palpation to kind of release those tight obliques and rectus abdominis muscle so that you can actually let your rib cage relax a little bit before we go into this breathing exercise. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to lie on your back with your knees bent like I am here. You can, you can put your, have your knees bent just like this with your feet on the floor. You can put your feet on the wall so your, your knees and your hips are bent at 90 degrees. Or you can even put your legs up on a couch with your, your hips at 90 degrees and your, and your knees at 90 degrees. So just lie on your back. Place your hands on that costal arch area or basically where the solar plexus are. And what I want you to do is feel those edges of the ribs. Now you feel those edges of the ribs and palpate around in there and see how sore it is. You know, is it more sore up towards where you get to the, to the xiphoid process right underneath the sternum and the front of the chest if you follow that chest bone down in the center of your chest and then you hit a little tiny like pointy bone right at the end, that's the xiphoid process. Right in that area is typically really sensitive on people. So go ahead and palpate around in that area and see how sensitive it, sensitive it is. If it's really sensitive on you, then more than likely you're overusing your core. You're caught in this core flexion movement. If you don't have much space in there and it feels like hard, like a hard rock, that's not good because that you're not getting movement of, of elasticity of tissue. It's not expanding properly in there. And then that means you're literally means your respiratory diaphragm does not have the full range of motion it should. So go ahead and palpate around there, find a sore spot. And then what I want you to do is kind of do a small belly breath into that area. And when you exhale, just let go of the air. So don't try to push the air out. Just go ahead and let go of the air. Okay, so inhale, keep your hands in that area. Just, you're, you're not going there, not trying to press as hard as you possibly can. You don't need to do that. And in fact, if you do that, you're just gonna create more tension in your nervous system and nothing's going to relax. So you're gonna ahead and palpate in that area, breathe into it, and exhale. Slowly release that exhale. See if you can get at least a six second exhale. So I'm gonna demonstrate on that. Here we go. I'm palpating an area, find a, a, a sore spot in there or a light sore spot or 
whatever. So maybe a tight area if it's not that sore on you. Breathe into it. Now exhale, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, okay? If you can't exhale for 6,000, I mean, 6,000 seconds, six seconds, then you know you actually have a breathing issue. If you, if you exhale, go, and you exhale like that, you can't control the volume of air that's coming out of your rib cage for at least six seconds, you have a breathing issue. So if you're 1,000, 2,000, and you're kind of out of breath, then you know your breathing is not up to par because if you breathe for at least, uh, sorry, if you exhale for at least six seconds, that has a calming mechanism to the nervous system, which is called a parasympathetic nervous system. That has a calming effect to it, and it calms your nervous system, it relaxes muscles, and it relaxes tissue, connective tissue, fascia, which is so popular these days, right? And which has a bunch of sensory nerves in it to allow muscles to relax. So it's a control of your nervous system that you're going to get by getting to that six second exhale. Okay, so inhale, two to three seconds. Exhale, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, okay? So that's essentially your self-myofascial release technique to be able to, to be able to release part of your core and open it up, open the breathing up, calm your nervous system down, and so you can start getting more length in that area. Now, the next exercise is what I call core extension breathing. Now, core extension breathing is what we're going to be doing is we're going to be moving our core into a core extension with our breath. So the way we do it, and it's a little bit hard for me to talk while we do this, is that you inhale, you have that belly breath, which is two thirds into the belly, one third into the chest, and then you exhale, six seconds, you hold your breath at the bottom of the exhale, and then you pull your core, your belly falls back, your ribs go wide, and your ribs actually move towards your chin. Once that happens, right, then you're in a core extension position. I'm not talking about lifting the solar plexus, for those of you listening to the podcast and they can't see me on the video, I'm not talking about lifting that rib cage up towards the ceiling. You inhale, you exhale, you hold your breath, move that, feel that rib cage travel horizontally on the floor towards your chin. Keep your chin a little bit tucked, relax the shoulders, and your ribs will go into that core extension position. Let go of that core extension and then repeat. So it looks like this, it goes, inhale, exhale, hold your breath, core extension, let go of core extension, and then repeat. So that's the core extension breathing technique that I utilize to start helping people start learn how to control their core from a core extension perspective. I'm going to go much more in depth on this in my free live class. So don't hesitate, register for that class. And I will go into much more detail on this and how to do it properly in that class. All right, you guys, that's today's episode. Hope you liked it. 
and I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me for this episode. If you liked it, please subscribe and leave a positive review so others may find it and get help too. Check out the show notes for links on how to win a mini integrator massage gun, posture strength and mobility classes that focus on corrective exercises, or self-myofascial release protocols for neck pain, back pain, knee pain, plantar fasciitis, and much more with my massage gun, The Integrator. Until next time, keep exploring your body and stay curious. Oh,